This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Tommy, I know that they always say that Mark Burnett is like the creator of the modern day reality show, but I, I, I'm i going to put my money on you. Didn't you have the very first one? Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's kind of funny because the uh, TV Guide back in 1999, they said, cheaters and survivor who's going to be the first reality show to hit the air and actually we beat them so we uh we actually aired first it's been an arm wrestling competition listen mark burnett's been very very successful but i need to knock him down off that high horse for for a minute well he's way up on top but he's had some real winners just like you have so you can't can't knock him off too much it'll be a hard hard fight but can you <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your journey into the world of television cuz you've been around both on what we call the new streaming stuff but also on the old broadcast stuff which is still around and still what we call television today so how did you first become involved in the world of reality television oh my gosh what you know, I've been on TV for over four decades. It's kind of scary because all of a sudden it's it's aging us a bit. But and and we're right now in the middle of an actor strike. And I was at the first actor strike in 1980. I was walking the picket line. So I was over at CBS television. And uh, you know, I was walking the picket lines with Mary Tyler Moore and and all my friends from WKRP. Actually, I was a 19-year-old kid, so they kind of took me in under their wings in. I didn't really understand, you know, I was just happy to be there. I was on a lot of working actors. So I was just soaking it all up and it didn't matter if I was getting paid anything because at 19, I just wanted to be an actor. So that's when I started out and really my life changed when uh, uh, Dick Clark saw me doing stand up. I was actually doing a hosting a show and Dick Clark changed my life. He came up to me after the show and said, hey, kid, I got something for you. Come see me. And uh, he taught me, he gave me the gift of understanding the business of, of the entertainment business, right? So he taught me about using celebrity to drive drive business and launching products. And, and really, that's because of him. I've survived all these years. But then many years later, you know, in 1999, I launched Cheaters. I was kind of the architect of that. And that's when reality kind of hit, although we didn't understand we were doing a thing called reality. I was making a show. I didn't know what it was going to be and until we finished that first episode. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I don't know if anybody's going to want to watch it, but it's pretty shocking. 
Well, I got to tell you, before we get to cheaters, I got to ask you about WKRP. Were you involved at all with that turkey incident, that it, that one episode <laughs> where they were throwing turkeys out of a helicopter? I hope not, at least. No, oh boy, that was a classic. I sure <laughs> wish I had been. That would have been, I would have been known much bigger than, than today. Yeah. Oh, the, the, you, yeah, the great line was, oh, the humanity, oh, the humanity, as I recall. <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned you, you started in 1999, at least with the show Cheaters, and that's what you're that's best known for, I think. Now you've got this great new show, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, and that seems to be a, a real icing on the cake. But but you're, that was known for its controversial content. I'm talking about cheaters. What inspired you to take this on? Well, listen, I have an actor's mentality, right? I'm always looking for work and trying to get stuff done. And back then, so most of my friends are athletes. And actually, when Dick Clark gave me the tools, he, he gave me a TV show, a music show that I hosted. But then after that ended... Um, you know, he taught me about syndicated television and that distribution and using celebrity and how to get sponsors and advertisers. So I was doing a lot of sports stuff because all my friends were athletes. And one of my first calls was to Magic Johnson and uh, and Spud Webb and and those guys. And I, I started doing um, getting the biggest stars in the world from sports and creating television around it. But, um, you know, that was uh, by fluke. I ended up, I was in, in Dallas. I, I went from LA to New York and on my way back to LA, I stopped in Texas because this is where I'm originally from. And I, I said, well, let me work on some things. I started creating some shows here. And then that's when cheaters came about. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really, uh, and I, and I think I'm going down the, the path of the question you asked me, but it was, it's been, you're right. It's it's been such an institution of mine, and when you give birth to something, uh, you know it's your baby. So, and everywhere in the world I go, literally everywhere in the world, everybody knows cheaters. I was hosting the Miss World pageant in Kaliningrad, Russia, with Florence Henderson, right? And we're walking down the street, and it's all gray. There's like a a hotel that that was uh, modernized in a mall right? Everything else. Those were the only two westernized things there. But we're walking down the street and people are running over cheaters and they giving Florence the camera so she can take a picture. She goes, what the hell here? I'm America's mom. Doesn't anybody care? They're all care about cheaters. It's it's pretty crazy. And, and it's actually a lot of fun. Did you ever expect it to become such a phenomenon, the cultural phenomenon that it became? And it, it's really started to change the real scope of reality TV. Yeah, I never would have imagined in a million years. I remember I knew the importance of press. So I finished the first episode and my friend was, uh, remember back then we didn't have social media. All we had were like National Enquirer, Star Magazine, these kind of rags at, at the grocery stores. So I sent my buddy that was the editor at Star Magazine in Chicago, I sent him a VHS tape overnight. Well, literally, he got it at 8 a.m. By 9, he's on the phone with me. He's going, I said, listen, can I just get a paragraph? I need a little press to bump this thing up. We're about to roll it out. He goes, I've never seen anything like this. I'm on a plane. I'll be there tomorrow morning. I want to go to a bust. I went, really? I knew it was pretty shocking. And uh, ever since, he gave me two pages and start because it was so crazy and ever since then, I was on every talk show in the country, throughout magazines, 
it just went nuts. I never would have imagined it. Well, you always talk to me about the fact that when you walk into a room, a lot of times people leave the room, men and women, because they think you've got a camera and you might be coming for them. But I tell you what, just to mention for a second, I've got to leave, come back, and we'll be right back after this message. Great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're watching All Business with Jeffrey Azit right here on C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. I'm talking to the television phenom, Tommy Habib, all about cheaters and, of course, his new show, To the Rescue. Now, reality television can often blur the line between scripted content and authentic moments, and you've had a lot of those. How do you maintain the balance between entertainment and authenticity in some of these shows? Well, you know, it's a dance, I got to tell you. And back in 2000, I did so many interviews with people going, what's the future of television? Are we all going to go reality? Because it's cheaper to make. And, um, you know, what I predicted, and it's kind of been happening, is that that reality, it's going to become a hybrid, right, of scripted and reality. And you're kind of, those lines are blurred, and they are today. There's so many shows that and in and in reality and in television, as you guys understand, you have a certain amount of time you got to produce an episode. If you don't, it costs too much money. So there is some producing that has to happen. And but in reality, you try to be as authentic as you can. You try not to put too many words in their mouth, but you just lead them down the path that you want them to go to. And it's pretty fascinating. And you know, it's become an art form. Uh, and and today I've had multiple meetings with networks and because of, you know, all the, the streaming and, and those things and the networks haven't figured out how to really monetize it and make money the way they they believed and they spent too much money. Well, they came, uh, you know, I've had multiple meetings, like I said, and they came to me and said, Tommy, we are cutting out 80 percent of our scripted. We're going to docu-series, which is great for me because that's what we specialize in. Um, because they we can do it cheaper and you get the same ratings. So you're going to see a big, you know, a big shift happening in, in that docu-series world. And you already have, if you, anybody that on any platform. Yeah, but even these shows that we say are scripted, they're not really scripted. I see them as being set up. You set up the situation, right? So that people can be themselves and go through it. Now, in a lot of my shows in the past, say the ones I've done on Bloomberg with my series, The C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, they might, my producer might ask me to ask the same question three different ways, you know, three different phrasings so we can try to get a different reaction from the person or, you know, make it seem like it's less scripted and more, you know, like real. Do you see more of that going to happen for the future? You, uh, There's no question. But Jeff, I didn't think that about you. You're so perfect. Every question that comes out of your mouth is like gold. (laughs) Nobody's going to put questions in your mouth. Oh, man, we all mess up. You know that. We all mess (laughs) up and we all don't look this good on TV, right? (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. You know, it's it's funny, uh, but yes, so there are producers 
you got you got story producers, you got your line producers, you got your executive producers, and everybody's throwing their input in. But those story producers are so key because they help keep that line, you know, that through line going. And and they will they will kind of tell you, you know, on all shows, they go, well, let's try that again. You know what I mean? Because we're taped yeah. and why not get the perfect response? So that's where those lines really get blurred between scripted and reality. But I think a lot of America, they don't, you know, they know it, but they get they get involved. This is the new soap opera, right? We did soaps back in the the 80s, but this is the new soaps, the the housewives. And, you know, I'm working on several right now we're excited about and and uh, which were, you know, it's going to be pretty fascinating. How's the money changed, Tommy? Because, you know, I'm out there looking for money all the time, just like you are for the shows that we do. And for all of our, you know, our C-suite radio podcast, our TV, you know, advertisers, sponsors, that. How's the money changed? Is it bigger, less than it used to be? Is it easier? Is it harder? Yeah, the money's changed. It's gotten so fragmented because of uh, uh, streaming and and it's not like it used to be. I mean, in, in syndicated television, we made so much money. It was just a, a different world because you didn't have streaming. Uh, and it's kind of like the music business, right? It all just kind of went away with streaming. And so I'm, I'm a little nervous. That's what's going to happen with television. Uh, we have to work so much harder and our syndicated dollars, the advertisers, give us maybe 20%, 25% of what we got. We have to go to market very much like you guys and, and y'all are doing it right because you have all the platforms. You got to cover broadcast, streaming, social. You have to give that advertiser a complete package just to just to eke out that little bit of dollar that you used to get, right? It's it's a lot more work. And, uh, and then now you throw AI in the mix and it's just got everything upside down. Well, I, you know, now the advertisers are looking for more than just eyeballs and ears. They're looking for hearts and minds. They're looking for conversions. They want reach. They want discovery. And then they want conversions. They want to see it down to the bottom line. And that's, that's right. changed the game a great deal. And, of course, streaming has changed that. Now we're talking about all this AI stuff. Let's talk about that for just a second. How much do you think that's going to change? I actually had somebody approach me that I could start doing my speeches now in AI, and I never even have to do them. I just feed the script in and it creates this digital avatar, which it looks exactly like me. Now I get what, you know, actors are concerned about. No, seriously. And I've been, I've probably done a hundred interviews over the last month on this whole actor strike and AI and my feeling on it. And, and I, if the world is going to change and as a four decade old actor in personality on television, we're limited. You know, I have a 19-year-old son and a 17-year-old son that are great actors. Their career may not happen just because of AI. Now, that's part of the strike. That's what we're doing. We're saying, listen, you have to use actors. But right now, today, there are atmosphere actors, you know, the extras, getting scanned by Disney. And they don't even know what they're getting scanned for. I said, well, why are you getting scanned? Say no. You pay you 180 bucks and it's going to be over. Your career as an atmosphere person is over. And that's, you know, technology is moving so fast, Jeff. And guys that are the, the first that's going to happen are talking heads, right? The news guys. Why would, you know, the news stations, they're watching those pennies. 
why would they pay a guy half a million dollars a year when they can create an avatar and just type the news in? They already type it in. He just reads it. You know what I mean? So the next transition is going to be actors. And no matter what contract we do, the rest of the world, the Sonys and everybody's going to move overseas and go, yeah, yeah, we don't care about SAG after. There's going to be a guy at a desk and he's going to script out. He's going to say, make me a John Waters cool teen movie and 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 give me a, a flavor of Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt and and Jeffrey Hassler. And, yeah. and they're going to create these actors and Meryl Streep, right, as a young kid. And, and there you go. And it's going to create the film. And there's no need for actors, producers, directors, you know, makeup artists, truck drivers, all the whole industry is going to change. And people are going, no, it could never change. I promise you, give it 15 years. It's over for us. We're going to fight and we may get this contract, but it doesn't mean the other actors around the world, these other places, I say actors, bad actors that are going to make films without real actors. Uh, they're going to do it. Of course, they're going to do it because they can do it for nothing. Well, listen, I need to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and talk about To the Rescue, one of your newest projects and one of uh, the most successful that you got. And I think it's very passionate for you, but we're going to do it commercial. I'm not even sure it's us given this AI, but we'll be right back after this message. <laughs> this episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. C-Suite Radio. We are back and we're live. This is Jeff Hazlett with All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio talking with Tommy Habib. And we're going to get to his show, To the Rescue. But Tommy, you've been talking on the national news a little bit about fractional credits, I think, around AI. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I came up with an idea. I mean, it, it's not new. Why can't we do this with AI? So the thought is, just like blockchain, the guys that write the code for AI, and if if our legislators would would force them to do this, why couldn't when when that guy that writes the key says, "Listen, let's make me this film," it goes out and gets the uh, and gets the nuances from all, say from Ernest Hemingway, right? And it goes and gets a, a nuance or, or something from, from Al Pacino. It should put down markers, just like blockchain. And why can't it uh, um, come back? And when it finishes this document or the film, it gives everybody fractional credit. It's just like us as babies, right? We're mm -hmm. born with nothing in our brains. We're just learning. And we, when we win the Super Bowl, what does the guy do? Holds up the trophy and goes, I want to thank mom. I want to thank dad. I want to thank my coach. I want to thank God. He's rattling off everybody that gave him influence in his life. Well, AI is the same thing. It goes out there and gets this influence. Why can't it give us credit when it takes the words from your mouth or takes nuances from Jeffrey Haslett's, you know, spoken words? And when it produces something, it should give those fractional credits. And that's the way to monetize it. And it doesn't seem like that's a hard thing to do if it's just if it's just uh, 
coded when they create that AI program. So anyway, I've been writing about it and and that's what I've been talking about. Well, for one thing, it's going to be different. It's a changing landscape. I was talking and reflecting to a lot of people on one of our Scott Sunday events that we host every single week. And I just said, you know, this has been like the music industry. You're going to see the creators lose control of a lot of things, but gain control is in some ways, but it's just leveling the landscape and going to change it dramatically. And for those of us who are making a living at it, you better get ready. Change, adapt, or die, right? That's the way it's going to be for this business. Seriously, hey, I hate this thing. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And, you know, whenever there's volatility, there's also opportunities, too. So you got to be looking for that. You know, even in crises, like an economic crisis, there's businesses that do very well, some that do very poor. But there's always a changing landscape. So your current venture is to the rescue. And it seems like a significant transition from shows like Cheaters, obviously. So what prompted this shift? And can you tell us what drew you to the project? Of course. And, you know, I've always loved animals and pets and I've always had dogs. I didn't understand the importance of it. But until later in my life, you know, as, a, as an actor on television, I get a lot of great requests. And I remember my publicist called me and said, Tommy, the SBCA would like you to go to Florida because you're an actor and you can bring cameras and a couple other celebrities and do a big rescue because they had a big hurricane. And so, which was an amazing moment. And then they they said, listen, uh, uh, would you be interested in hosting our telethon with Betty White? And I went, are you kidding me? Of course. Oh, wow. And so uh, Betty really changed everything. And I learned so much about rescue. And she, she we had long talks and, and she really taught me the importance of animals in our lives. And so uh, many years later, you know, I, I went to dinner and a friend of mine's wife was a rescuer and she's telling me these stories. I said, okay, it's time. I use my platform of millions of people around the country and the world to, to help these animals. It would be so important. And my first call was to Betty. And I said, Betty, I'm developing a show called To the Rescue, we're going to go rescue dogs. And she was so excited. And this was around 2016, 17, somewhere in there. And she goes, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I can't really travel much. But I said, it doesn't matter. We're filming. I, I, you've got to see this. So the most important thing for me is that she knew I was doing the show. Because after a year and a half, when we finally got the show fully distributed and ready to go, and I reached out to Betty and I didn't get an answer. And her uh, assistant called and said, Tommy, you know, she can't, she's sick right now. And so everything changed. But, uh, you know, that was the the uh, the reason I, I got it and started. And I always had a love for it. I just didn't realize, Jeff, how it would change my life. You yeah. know, when I got deep, deep into it and going to these rescues and meeting all these amazing people around the world uh, and the good they do for animals. And then how animals change our lives personally, you know, it just affected me and, and everybody in it. If you, if you rescue or you foster or you even just your family pet, right. Just watching how, you know, it changed. They bring so much light to, to our lives. Uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in deep and, and it's the best work out of 45 years I've ever done. Do you have a favorite pet yourself? Well, listen, I, you know, 
I love, I love my dogs. No question. But I love, I love all these animals and world elephant day, uh, reached out and they want to partner and do it to the rescue for the elephants. There's nothing more I'd rather do. And we we're planning all these to the rescue specials and shows about horses and the things that are happening out there with horses. And, and we love our cats. We do, we do huge transports of kitty cats and dogs and Although to the rescue that's on every week is uh, is primarily dogs, but yeah. but we do we do help our cats and you know Jeff from the business side, what's really fascinating that I found is that uh, America. So you know it's hard to get advertisers and sponsors. We're always oh, totally. out working, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, I start this show, and and these ad agencies are calling me, going, "Listen, Tommy, I, you know." Our, our our clients used to want to rip the throats out of their competition. Now they're going, we want to hug them. We want to be part of a, you know, we want a better humanity. And, and that's the best feeling in the world is making something that people go, you're doing good and, and you're helping change, you know, give people the insights and, and change humanity. You know, let's all, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, as, as, um, uh, John Lennon from the Beatles, you know, he says it so well, you know, let's give peace a chance. Let's love. It was all about, you know, loving our neighbor. And and so I feel so warm and fuzzy doing yeah. this show. And I hear that from our big sponsors as well. Yeah, but it's a, also a multi, multi-billion dollar industry, especially on the dog <laughs> side, really, on all the pets. In fact, now, you know, we we tend to refer to our pets as our children. You see a lot of that, you know, a lot of the streaming videos you see, oh, come to mommy, come to daddy. And it's like, that's a little different for me because I'm a little bit more of a ranch kind of guy, farm kind of guy, outdoor guy, and not something I normally would say to a dog, but it's certainly my best friend. Let me ask you about TV a little bit more as we wrap up here over the next couple of minutes. Okay. With the rise of streaming platforms and digital content, how do you see what you're doing in television adapting to, to those changing preferences of viewers? I mean, because now everybody's consuming it on the most important device there is in the history of the world, and that's been our phone, and we're watching that. How do you think this impacts storytelling and the types of stories being told on television? So, so you know... If we just we we have to embrace the future, right, and embrace this moment in time, and and if we don't, we're going to be left behind. So, I think it's good. I think it's allowing us to. Although the money's different, it's fragmented. But from an artist standpoint, I'm going. This is so great because I can touch individuals and I can create little bits of content, right? I can create a three minute bit about whatever story I want to tell. And I love golf, right? So, so I create golf content and, and I create my animal content and it doesn't have to just be pigeonholed locked down to a half hour show on broadcast. It's giving us so much more to work with. And from the business side too, I mean, I've created verticals off of To The Rescue. We're launching our, our To The Rescue pet insurance company in the next 90 days. We're doing a whole product line and, and we're all mission-based. So you know, you buy a collar, you help save a dog, right? And and uh, these the being able to go down to the individual level and and identify those people that really want to watch, you know, these certain certain content, we can give it to them. We can give it to them in bite size or longer, you know, pieces of content, which is so great. 
which is awesome. And I think a great way to be able to create things. But if, can we agree on one thing? Can we please tell people to stop creating content in your car? I just can't stand those videos. Those are the videos that I don't like. I don't know about you, Tommy, but you know, you, you got a camera. You can do so much more with it. You can make great content like Tommy Habib. Go do that. That's my advice to everybody that's watching and listening. Tommy, it's been a pleasure having you. Good luck. I don't think you need it because of all the success that you've done, but you've been a very good friend of mine over the years. And I love watching what you do every day. Just be safe. If you go and do another Cheaters, I just want you to be safe. And if you go save those elephants, just stay out of the way. Oh, I love I love the elephants and my animals. And I love all our Cheaters fans out there. And I got something special happening here pretty soon, kind of Cheaters-esque. Okay, well, well, we'll get you back on All Business with Jeff Reza for that. It's been a great pleasure having you on today. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And today from Tommy Abib, it was a lot of different things in regards to television and digital television streaming and the ever-changing landscape that we see in broadcast and media. But the biggest thing for me today was fractional credits, the ability to be able to be remunerated or at least receive some kind of recognition for the things that we create as thought leaders or as creators. In the ever-changing digital platform, it's important for us to recognize those people who have contributed and that we give thanks to them in some way, whether it be dollars or a good handshake or a pat in the back for being able to create great content for us to consume. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.